FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to FinTech Hunting. You guys are in for a treat today. We have the fabulous Ashley Gravano. She is the Vice President of Product Solutions at Mortgage Cadence. Ashley, it is great to have you. Welcome to the show. Hey, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Well, thank you so much. So last time we saw each other, well, let's go back a little. We've been connected on social media for quite some time. We finally met in person in Austin uh, for the MBA annual. We then met again in Dallas for the next event. You're a person that loves to engage. You're a person that, that is very dynamic in front of people. And then now the coronavirus hits. How has sure that changed your ability to do your job, interact with people? Tell me a little bit of how you're dealing with everything with COVID-19. Well, I got to be honest, Michael, um, I did take a bit of a step back in the beginning of all of the uh, COVID happenings um, because I really wasn't sure um, how to interact with customers and, and prospects and, and even, you know, good friends and colleagues in the industry because, you know, you don't really want to come across as insensitive. So the first, I got to say the first month or so I, I stepped back a bit, you know, we're going into eight weeks of, of quarantine in my area. So stepped back a bit uh, and then kind of shook it off as Taylor Swift would say, and uh, really just started hitting the phones and, and um, you know, texting and, you know, really um, amped up my uh, recordings with videos. So it's, it's challenging because you really don't know when and is the wrong time or what that person that you're reaching out to is going through, right? Especially in the mortgage industry, because we're in the middle of if what it feels like a recession, a boom and a pandemic, you know, your clients and prospects could be in the middle of something crazy with volume or they could be affected directly uh, by COVID-19. Well, and I think you make a very interesting point. And one of the challenges is every part of the country, every individual, every company is impacted differently. You know, I'm here in Michigan, we've been hit very hard, and, and you make the point of you don't want to come across as insensitive, you don't want to come across as being pushy and just sell, selling something, and that's all you're interested in. But I also know that as part of being the solution in the mortgage industry and providing people opportunity to improve efficiency, to engage, to partner, to collaborate, it's us coming together as an industry is what's going to move things forward. So now that we're kind of the dust has settled for you, you as, as you referenced Taylor Swift and you're now shaking it off, what does this new normal look like? Because I think the days of everyone saying, well, just let's wait a little while and we'll get back to normal. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to normal. I think it's going to be a new normal. So what does that look like as you reach out, as you interact with industry participants, as there are far fewer conferences or there aren't any conferences? Tell me what that looked like and you know how important it is to still engage. Yeah, I have um I have scheduled a few weekly uh, networking calls with some friends in the, in the industry um, just to stay connected because I think of course that's super important, right? Even if you're not 
um, reaching out to a prospect or to a client, staying connected uh, and in front of people is important. So um, we just actually talked about the conferences and, and how we're all missing them so much because it's it's such a part of who we've become. I mean, I've been in the industry since 98 and, you know, going to conferences all year long is, is you know, our livelihood and what makes most of us happy being around people and connecting. So what I think it's going to look like is, in my opinion, we'll, we'll probably won't have one of these until October, as much as I'd love to, to say we'd have it sooner, because uh, I know there's a couple that generally happen in the summertime. Um, you know, I think it really just needs to be, you're getting on the phone and you're talking and you're doing the video conferences. I know there's a ton of memes out there about the video chat, right? And it, it gets a little obnoxious, but um, for me, it looks like scheduling scheduling calls, um, emailing clients and prospects and letting them know that um, I am here to offer a solution. I'm not here to sell a product um, because most of our solutions, you know, will help them with efficiencies and, and productivity and things like that that you mentioned earlier. So for me, it's just about um, staying in front of them and letting them here to help them and not here to sell them a product. Excellent. And how has messaging changed? You know, pre COVID to now post-COVID or during COVID, I shouldn't say post because we're not through this yet, but how does messaging change and how do those interactions differ than they did before? Well, for me, I've always gone out with a how can I help you message, right? I've never been that let me sell you a product person. Um, I'm big on relationships and building relationships and, and some probably say to a fault, I take my time with trying to offer my services. I really want to get to know somebody and them to get to know me before we get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of the deal, right? So the message has pretty much stayed the same. How can I help you? But of course I've added in comments about, you know, how are you doing with, you know, with COVID and I hope your family's doing well because I do generally care about all of my clients, prospects and, and friends. So it's the message has changed just to extend that you know, I'm here to listen if you've got things that you're going through, you know, hoping your family's well and your friends and, and your, you know, colleagues are well. So that message has changed a little bit. Um, but I've, I've always taken kind of the approach of how can I help? How are you doing? Well, and I think that how do you help is so critical. So many people, especially if they're hard charging, always trying to sell something instead of provide solutions. I think those people are really struggling in today's market. 100%. They don't know. I mean, not that they probably didn't struggle before, because I think most of the people in the industry don't want to be sold to. They want to look for solutions. What I've seen is even what lenders are looking for from a solution perspective has changed radically since COVID-19. Solutions yeah. that maybe were important to them at the beginning, other ones now are being fast-tracked, whether it's e-closings and whether it's contactless products and whether it's secure portals and transactions so they can better interact and better engage. That's a big shift that I've seen. And I think, you know, as someone who's out there, the messaging, even though your message is the same about providing a solution, do you find that solutions or what lenders are looking for is changing some? Yeah, absolutely. Especially with e-signing, right? I mean, we, you know, there's been e-signing's e been out there for for ages, but you know, if you look at Alta, they're you know constantly posting about bills being passed and and things that um, are allowing for the e-signing states that weren't previously allowed. So that's a huge a solution that has been fast tracked 
because you have consumers that are afraid to do an in-person closing or they simply can't do an in-person closing. Um, so, you know, those e-signing companies certainly have um, been put to the forefront, I think, for sure. Absolutely. Well, we talk about, you know, engagement. I think without having the conferences, without having the different, not only client conferences, user conferences, all of the conferences, conventions, how important is social media and what's, what role do you see it playing in this new environment? Um, I've always, of course, you know, been a big, you know, social media person. I'm, I'm posting generally on all the, the channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Haven't gotten into Twitter much, but uh, I do put some things out there. Um, you know, you start to get lost in um, the shuffle of those emails. So you want people to see you on a regular basis. They can't see you an email on a regular basis because they may be inundated with, you know, file issues and, and volume and, and, you know, disaster recovery plans and things like that. So social media was important before. I would say it's five times more important now because people need to see you and you need to stay top of mind. And, you know, you need to be a likable person because I really truly believe people have to like you to want to do business with you. So um, you should being you, because I know you're pretty active, more than me some days, um, I would suggest that people spend hour, two hours a day on, on LinkedIn if they're B2B, right? If they're business to business, that's really the place to be. If you're B2C, you should be spending, you know, two hours a day on Facebook or Instagram. You know, whatever platform works for you, you have to be out there and you have to be consistent. Consistency is huge because if you're posting once a week, Chances are you're lost in those algorithms and nobody's seeing your posts. If you don't have people engaging, they're not seeing it. So you have to engage with your with your connections and you have to have your connections engage with you. I think you make a, a number of great points. And I think, you know, when we talk about using the social media platforms, there's been a lot of talk about personal branding. And in some ways, I kind of hate that description because I think what a lot of executives think of personal branding is it's all about me. It's about me, my story, what I'm doing. And what I have found is the people that do the best job with personal branding never make it about themselves, but they stay highly visible. What would you share or how would you comment on kind of how people perceive personal branding and some of the ways that you've seen people do a very good job of it out in our industry? Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree that some people think the personal branding. I mean, I I have my Ashley Gravano hashtag and I have a Ashley Gravano Facebook page, etc. But you know, you're representing your company even when you're branding yourself. Um, so your attitude and your authenticity and and your welcomeness to engage with other people. You may be branding yourself, but at the same time, you're representing your company. And just like that saying that says, you know, back when everyone was working in an office and you know, happy hours, right? When you're out at a happy hour, even though it's after hours, you're still representing your company. So your personal brand is carrying your company's brand as well. So I'm I'm a big proponent of personal branding because I, I think that, you know, it, it connects you to a company and you're it's not just the company. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it it's that connection that becomes so critical. As you talked about, people buy from people they like. People buy from people they know. And with video, with social media, with being able to self-publish, it's a way and it's a window in for people to understand who is Ashley, who's Michael, what are they about, what do they believe in. And I found by posting the videos and the different links and the different 
you know, inspirational messages, you start drawing to you like-minded people. Is there going to be some naysayers? There's naysayers when you run mm -hmm. into someone at a conference and you walk away and, and that. So I don't think that's a new phenomenon, but I think a lot of executives struggle with really embracing social as a tool. And I think if instead of them thinking personal branding, I really view it as a way to enhance and improve relationships. I, I yeah. love following what you're posting and you'll put a positive tip out there. You'll put a video. You just interviewed Molly uh, Dowdy and Jerry Yoshida from Next. And I've known those guys for a while and I got to listen to that and get one or two of their insights. And it gives me a chance to foster those relationships in the industry. And I think that's kind of what I see you know, and, and I don't know what else you're seeing from that perspective of it being in, in a relationship enhancer. Yeah, and you also have to think of it this way too. So if they're, if a company is considering, uh, you know, doing business with your company and they're getting to know, you know, Ashley or Michael and they genuinely like both of us, then that shows what type of people our company employees, right? So you have to look at it from that aspect too, right? If Mortgage Cadence is employing true, authentic, caring, wonderful people, which they do, you know, and the same for any company. So when people are seeing your personal brand and tying it to the fact that your company is employing you because they employ good people. So it will, I think it will also have those companies trust your company more because they can see what kind of companies you're you're employing with that i think that's a great point and it it's so dead on to me it's really no different than sending me to a trade show being at a conference a convention and speaking to people engaging with people talking about life and then also talking about your company or your product or your solution now we just have these other tools and other distribution channels to tell that story, to get our message out there, to foster those relationships and engage. So it to me, it's a very interesting time and I think it's pushing more people too. You're seeing more videos being done. You, you see, you know, Kevin P over at PRMG doing those daily posts and he's informing and he's educating. Other people are funny. I think it's important for people to let their personalities come out and share what they know best. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Christine Beckwith told me last year, her and I were on a social media uh, panel at the New Jersey Mortgage Bankers. And she said, you know, I have people who don't want to follow me because they're tired of seeing me. And I said, that's okay. <laughs> Let them be tired exactly. of seeing me. You know, I mean, you, you, you want to over communicate just like in business when, when you tell your, you know, your, your direct reports, you say, I would rather you over communicate with your customers than under communicate because if you under communicate, there's a problem. So I would rather overdo it and be out there all the time, even on my bad days or, or, or days that I've, you know, no makeup on and don't really care. You know, I'd rather be out there more than out there less because at the end of the day, you know, over communicating, over communicating can hurt. Excellent point. Well, you mentioned earlier being genuine, authentic. Share a little bit about yeah. that because I think some people struggle with social trying to be perfect or I can't do a video unless I have a video production crew in. How did you yeah. kind of get over that? And, and I know I have stories on that too. So fire away. So I started doing the videos, I would say about four or five years ago. And I started with Facebook Live with the intention of I want to be 
authentic and have mistakes and not edit and and re-record and re-record. So anytime I'm posting any videos, unless something major happens where you know the the, <laughs> the recording stops or something, I don't even look at it most times. I really just post it. Um, so when I started with Facebook Live, it doesn't really give you the opportunity to to say, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to post that, right? Because you're you're live, and I would do those live interviews with realtors, loan officers, and other social media, you know, experts in the industry. So, you know, being authentic for me, whether the dog barks in the background or you know my CEO loves the dog, so sometimes I bring him in on purpose just to <laughs> be uh, out there. And you know, most days I'm in a sweatshirt and and have a baseball cap on because that's who I am and I want people to know who I am. I don't want to be this robotic, you know, business professional although I am, but I I just want to come across the same way as I would if we were hanging out on a Saturday because I think you really it keeps going back to that same saying, no like and trust. I mean, you need to know me, like me and trust me to do business with me. So, it uh I would much rather come across as a, you know, downtown girl with a with a baseball hat than someone who's scripted and you know spends so much time worrying that the video has to be perfect and the the opportunity has to be perfect and the volume and you know it's just it's just for me it's I'd rather it be as raw as it could be. I agree completely. I think as you embrace social media, as you embrace using video and all of these other tools, one of the things is you have to use your resources very wisely, and that means time also. One of the most important resources we have. So, if I create a podcast or I create a video and then I have to edit it for 30 times and for seven hours and eight hours, kind of miss the point and the value. And then, secondly, what I have found is I think it's much more believable when there's a pause, when there's an um, when when the dog comes in the room or something like that. I think it's much more believable than something so scripted that people can't always relate to. So yeah, for those of us that are not doing the videos yet, for those listening, saying, oh, I'm still scared to get out there. Any tips, any advice that you have about just people just getting out there? Yeah, just get, literally that. Just get out there because like you said, you're going to have naysayers. Even if you are 100% in a suit and scripted and prepared, um, it doesn't matter if you misspeak or say, um, I had someone call me out on a video last year because I said, um, too many times. And I literally, literally replied, um, then don't watch <laughs> because, <laughs> because that's just, you know, it's just who I am. So just get out there and stop overthinking it. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that are on, you know, big players with the social, there's Raquel and Denise, and there's a lot of them out there that just do what they do best and just be authentic and real. Uh, you're always worried about what you're going to talk about. There's always something to talk about. And someone's always going to take something away from one of your videos or your post, even if it's just an, a motivational post. If you're not comfortable with video, that's okay. You know, start small, start with posting, start with, you know, writing articles on LinkedIn, start with photos and adding commentary to a photo. You know, if you're not ready to just jump in like with a Facebook Live or a live video, then start small, take baby steps and, and work your way up there. And, you know, I had someone ask me, well, I don't want to be alone on camera. I said, well, okay, well, then invite someone in because then sometimes <laughs> that may deflect, you know, your nerves and invite someone in and do an interview with someone, you know, like I do, you know, like I did with Molly and, and Neil and those guys, you know, it's not because I was nervous, but it's also for me a way to help my connections 
help with their branding and help building their audience, bringing them in on a video with me. It's more about helping them too. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you know, when you have colleagues and friends in the industry, as long as I've had, you know, you want to do everything you can to help them as well. Oh, what a great message. And I, I couldn't agree more from that perspective. Actually, as we're kind of winding down, where do you see things going? We, we, we've got COVID-19, no one's got a crystal ball, but where do you see things going, whether we're going to have industry events, not have industry events? Uh, what can we do to continue to engage with our, our prospects, our partners, the different people in the industry? What can we do as we move forward? Uh, my gut tells me that, that we'll, we won't have conferences, although I'm optimistic to say we'll have conferences in, in the fall. Um, to move forward, just you know, don't spend so much time watching the news, listen to music, engage with your friends. You know, if you can't, if you can't see them at a safe distance and give them a call. I mean, I've probably talked to more friends on the phone, actually on the phone, not texting more in the last eight weeks than I have in three years, because uh, you're just so used to texting and, or being out and about. So, um, you know, just keep your, keep yourself as positive as you can and, um, turn off the news. That's, that's my biggest thing. <laughs> turn off the news don't watch because it just starts to you know overwhelm you and and if you know the positive thinking mindset is just you know hopefully we'll be all together again and you know whether it looks different i'm sure it will i'm sure we're going to have people that are wearing masks if they're not required or nervous to be close up um accept that that everyone's different and and may not be as comfortable as you are you know being out and about in public when all this is lifted so you know, just accept everyone else's point of view and stop watching the news and stay on uh, stay on uh, LinkedIn and in front of everyone. Oh, Ashley, thank you so much. I could not agree more. You can get so inundated with the news. Yes, we want to be informed, but watching that hours on end is all doom and gloom. There's a lot of great things happening in this industry. Some of the silver linings that I see is the collaboration, more people putting themselves out there, sharing with one another, and I think really trying to add genuine value to the people that we work with, the friends that we have, the colleagues, and that's what this industry is all about. So thank you so much for joining this episode of FinTech Hunting. We couldn't be more pleased to have you as a guest, and you are welcome back anytime. Thanks for having me. And I am looking forward to seeing you again when we're out at these conferences. I tell you that. Absolutely. Ashley, have a great one. FinTech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow.